Isaiah chapter 53, and I'm going to be in verse 1 all the way to 10. Are you blessed this morning? Isaiah 53, 1 to 10, then I'll be in Galatians 3, 13 and 14. This, this is one of the prophecies about the Messiah. Isaiah looked into the future by the help of the Holy Spirit, and he began to say these words. Read with me, everybody, and read out loud. One, two, let us go. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. I can't hear you, church. Make it out loud. He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him, what? The iniquity of us all. Amen? Verse 7. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet, he opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before our sharers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Read out loud verse 9. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Verse 10, and we stop there. Yet, I like you to make that loud. One, two, go. Yet, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. The Lord bless the reading of his word in the name of Jesus. Galatians chapter 3. And this was after the cross. Isaiah said it before the cross. Paul wrote this epistle after the cross. Galatians 3 verses 13 and 14. 1, 2, let us go. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Been made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Why? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Go to verse 29, quickly. The last verse of that same chapter. And if ye be Christ, then are you who? Abraham see and heirs according to the promise. If you belong to Christ, then you are who? Are you Abraham's seed this morning? Was Abraham reported sick? Did he die of a disease? Did he die in an accident? Did he have a plane crash? Everything not traceable to Abraham would not be traceable to your life in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that if you are in Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Automatically, you are Abraham's seed. Go with that mentality this week. I'm Abraham's seed. Abraham died at 175. He didn't die young. Longevity is part of the plan. It's part of the package of redemption. Longevity. 
People say, it's not how far, it's how well. I've never read that in the Bible. It should be far and should be well. Both together, paid for by the blood of Jesus. It is not the will of God for any young man or any young woman to die before their time. It is not God's plan for anybody whosoever to go before their time. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3, God said, my spirit will not continue, will not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, and the number, yet his days, his days shall be 120 years. His days, his days will be 120 years, God said, not Moses said, God said, God said. One of the things we must seek in God's word as his children is to know his will in every situation. Know the will of God. Tell your neighbor, say, know the will of God. In every situation, if whatever you have to do, if you have to fast to know the will of God, if you have to pray to know the will of God, if you have to study to know the will of God, know the will of God. That ends your frustration. That ends your confusion when you know the will of God. The, the undoing of our generation is that many, 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 very many people don't even know the will of God. They have no clue. So they are sick. They don't know whether sickness is the will of God or healing is the will of God. They pray, pray, pray. No healing. They say, well, maybe it is not the will of God to heal me. Maybe God is trying to teach me a lesson. Shut up, baby. God doesn't teach anybody with sickness and disease. Sickness and disease are not the teachers of God's children. The Holy Spirit is the teacher of the church. Are you with me, church? Poverty is not the teacher of God's children. God made me poor because he wants to teach me a lesson. He wants me to learn to be humble. Shut up. You don't know the Bible. That's ignorance by excellent. The Holy Ghost is the teacher of God's children, not poverty. Knowing his will, amongst other things, help you to pray aright. It helps you to pray with precision and focus because you know that the Father has promised what you are asking for. I love to pray the will of God. That's why I love to pray through the word of God. I love to pray the word of God because the word of God is the will of God. Listen, church, whatever you discover from the scriptures that belongs to you, that God has promised you, pray that prayer. Turn it to prayer. That's your prayer. Don't be looking for prayer points in some prayer book of some church. Put together by somebody. This is your prayer book. The Bible. With those ones, you can miss it. If the man who put it together missed it somewhere, you follow the man's error. But with this one, the Holy Ghost is the author of the word of God. You can never miss it. Can I have an amen? Part of God's will for us is our healing and health. King Jesus described healing as the children's bread in Matthew 15, 26. When the woman, the Syrophoenician woman came and was begging him, and crying after him, my daughter is grievously vexed of the devil. She traveled from her country to where Jesus was. Imagine Jesus was in Nigeria and this woman came all the way from Australia. Let me turn to your neighbor and help me look at them this morning. If they are sleeping, wake them up. It's too early to sleep. Are you with me, church? Maybe they went on night duty, but help them to stay awake. Hallelujah. This woman came crying after the Lord Jesus. Help me, master. Help me. And Jesus didn't answer a word. At some point, the disciples were frustrated. They turned to the master and said, send her away if you're not going to help her. Send her away. He was quiet. Have you ever prayed to God and the Lord was quiet? 
It looked as though heaven went on holiday. And the only time the master was going to speak, he turned and said, healing is the children's bread. And you don't take that which belongs to the children and give to the dogs. But this woman wasn't going to take no for an answer. She was a woman of faith. <laughs> she had bulldog kind of faith. Somebody say bulldog kind of faith. Let me tell you a little bit about that. You see the bulldog is a very special breed among dogs. The nose of a bulldog is flat. God made it that way so that because when the, when the bulldog latches onto somebody's leg or latches onto a, a piece of bone, it will hold on to it for as long as it wants to hold on to it. And you cannot take it away from that bulldog. So all the while that is holding on to the leg of a thief or an armed robber or an intruder, with the flat nose, the bulldog is still able to breathe. The, no the nose was designed by God to be able to sustain his breath for a long time. You need to have the bulldog kind of faith so that when you latch on to any promise of God from the word of God, you are able to hold on to it for as long as necessary. And nobody is able to take it away from you. Jesus said, you don't take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. But this woman had the bulldog kind of faith. And she responded and said, true Lord, but even... The dogs are entitled. The dogs are able to get the crumbs that fall from their little master's table. It's like you having children and then you have pets for them. You have dogs that you, know, you, you bought for them and they play with these dogs. Children, they will feed their dogs. Whether you feed the dogs or not. Whatever food you give them, they will intentionally push some crumbs on the floor. The dog is underneath the dining table and is latching onto whatever is coming from the table on the floor. The woman said, I, I may be a dog, but at least I should have access to the crumbs falling from my little master's table. And Jesus looked at the woman and said, woman, oh great is your faith. Be it unto you as you will. It's a law in the kingdom of God. That it is unto every man according to their faith. The Bible makes it clear that in that same hour, her daughter was made whole. She was cured of that devil and she came back to life, bubbling with life. Is healing the will of God for his children? One person answered. Is healing the will of God for his children? So, as a child of God, if you ever fall sick in your body, does God have to think about whether to heal you or not? Is God confused about whether it is his will for you to be healed or not? No, come on, talk to me, church. So, what is God's will? Your healing and your supernatural health. Can I have an amen to that? You must know the will of God. Tell your neighbor, say, you must know the will of God. See, not knowing the will of God throws many people into confusion. That's why some people pray the kind of prayers they pray. They are not sure whether God wants to do it or not. Some people say maybe God doesn't want them to have money. 
That's another thing. We'll be dealing with that in the coming Sundays. Whether really God wants you to prosper. But we have it very clear from God's word in 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou, that you may prosper and be in health. Amen. Can you see that now? Healing and prosperity going together. Going together almost every time. <laughs> that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. He didn't say that you may prosper and be in the hospital. And if you're in the hospital this morning, the power of God will come and heal you in the name of Jesus. Can I get a better amen? God wants you well. Spirit, soul, and body. It is the will of God. And answers are guaranteed when you pray the will of God. Answers are guaranteed when you pray the will of God. That's why you must know the will of God. So that you will know what to pray. Amen. And this is the will of God. The Bible. The word of God. It is his will. Whatever you find here belongs to you. It is my job every day to look into this plan for my life and to discover what God has for me and to believe it and to confess it and to do what it says and to have the results. Everything, whatever you need is in the Bible. Whatever you need is in the word of God. Let me preach to your neighbor this morning. Say, neighbor, stop looking far away. Whatever you need. Come on, talk to him. Say, whatever you need is in the word of God. If you need a husband, you're fine in the word of God. You need a wife, is in the word of God. You need a visa, is in the word of God. I, I got my first U.S. visa from the word of God. I'm getting all my visas, my U.K. visa from the word of God. All my visas, they're in the word. I found the scripture and I'm running that particular scripture and it's opening doors. You need a job. Find your job in the word of God. One of our sisters gave me a powerful testimony last night. Mine, I was blessed. She lives in Lagos now, and, and she said, Pastor, I, I need to share this with you. I need to, I'm, 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 I'm. long story short, she got a job, a good job in the United Kingdom from Lagos. People are in the UK still looking for jobs. Somebody is in Lagos getting a, a top-notch job in the UK. Not to come and clean the floor, clean, no, no. This is a good job, an, an accounting job. And she's getting a senior position, a, a position higher than a position in Nigeria. That's not the norm. The norm is when you apply overseas, you, you apply for the same position, same level. As a matter of fact, they told her, people that have gone ahead of her told her that for that position, you need at least five years experience in Nigeria, where you are working currently. She's got two and a half years experience, and she got a senior position with two and a half years experience. I said, because my God is the one that collapses time. Only one person came to church. She's living at the end of the month. I said, where are you going, baby? You going to London? She said, yeah. I said, don't worry. We have a church in London. I'm going to link you up. And they're going to help you settle down very easily. It's unto every man according to their faith. Know the will of God. Is it the will of God for you to do well? Yes, sir. Is it the will of God for you to be well in your health? Yes, sir. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to. Oh, it's our family sickness. It happens once in a year. It happens every month. Kill it. Kill it. Destroy it in the name of Jesus. Unless you're enjoying the sickness anyways. Maybe you're from a family where somebody falls sick and then daddy and mommy will vacate their room and put you in their room. Or they make you sleep in between the two of them. And they pamper you and get you chocolates. And they give you a lot of money and buy you gifts for being sick. I didn't come from that kind of family. If you are sick, you would never want to be sick again in your life. Oh, my mom would get you herbs. I go 
make it piping hot, get you to sit on a stool. And by the way, we just call it stool for lack of a better word. It's akoti. Akoti is different from a stool. Sit you down and cover you with rags. Old clothes that have not been worn by anybody. My grandpapa's Agbada, the man, I didn't even meet him alive. Very thick. She will cover you with layers and layers and layers of it. Man, I felt like I was going to die. The heat from the bucket. She will put the herbs in the bucket. After, straight from the stove to the bucket. So it's piping hot. So the steam coming from it, she will cover you with rags. Cover you with towel. Cover you with duvet. Cover you with anything. You are really covered. And you're crying from the midst of the rags. Oh, mommy, mommy. She said, don't worry, don't worry. You'll be fine. Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> and then you sweat. After about three, four, five minutes when you almost suffocate, then she will remove everything. And you know African mothers, because you have released some perspiration, you are well now. And truly, you're well. I mean, you don't ever want to repeat that experience. So in my house, you don't ever want to be sick. I hate sickness with a passion. Church, you must hate it. It deprives you of God's blessings. You can play football. You can play with your friends. You can fulfill the will of God. You can't be a preacher if you're sick. You're on your sick bed. In fact, it can terminate your ministry. It can end your business. And that is Satan's plan. You see, the Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world. I know you know it, but listen to me. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, who is him? What's his name? Jesus. Should not perish, but have everlasting life. What is that word perish? When somebody is sick, or someone has a disease, they are perishing instrumentally. They say this person has diabetes, maybe mellitus or insipidus. If that diabetes is not controlled, what's going to happen? It will degenerate. I don't know if it's in stages, but it will degenerate to a point where it will be triggering the blood pressure of that person. Diabetes has the ability to kill, to kill sensitive organs, even like, like kidneys. Diabetes has the ability to make someone go blind. So, if it is left unchecked, all right, it goes from just high blood, uh, high blood sugar, and then it goes into other things and begins to fight the organs of the body and begins to fight them and begins to kill them one after the other. If it's allowed, it will go even to the liver. If it's allowed, it will affect the heart. These things I know. All right? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. If it's unchecked, it will eventually kill that person. So when the Bible says, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Sickness and disease means that somebody is perishing gradually. Somebody say gradually. Every sickness has that tendency. The aim of sickness is to kill anybody. 
It's in Nigeria, we say it's oh, ordinary malaria. It's ordinary malaria. If you have malaria in the U.S., they will quarantine you. There are certain countries in the world, if you ever open your mouth and you say you have malaria, what? Malaria? Oh, my God. They will treat you like you have HIV. But, you know, malaria, because we have overcome malaria in Nigeria. We are very special, a special breed of people. You even lie that you had malaria when you didn't have malaria. Why didn't you come to church yesterday? Oh, I didn't make Riasa because I had malaria. Oh, and then you walk away. Can you say, oh, why didn't you come to Riasa? You say, oh, I had HIV. <clears throat> Can you say that? Oh, um, uh, sorry, I just had diabetes. No, you will never have any of those things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Are you with me, church? Shout a better amen. amen. One of the major hindrances to receiving healing, therefore, is not knowing whether it is the will of God for you to be healed or not. It's a major hindrance. Ignorance. What that means is that you will not be able to pray with faith and boldness because you are not sure whether God wants you healed or not. Go to James chapter 1. I'm taking it easy because I'm teaching and I want you to understand this. James 1, 6 to 8. Quickly, let's look at the man who doesn't ask in faith. Because when you don't know the will of God, it will affect your faith. And that will affect your boldness in the place of prayer. But when you know the will of God, I wish I could demonstrate this. I don't have money in my pocket right now. I wish I had like uh, 10,000 naira. And I hand it to Larry. And I say, Larry, this 10,000 naira is for Emmanuel Ajayi. And Emmanuel comes to me and says, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm really broke and I need money. And in fact, I really want to feed that. Let me, I just want to eat. I'm not eating since yesterday. What? Emmanuel, it is written here. Look at my iPad. 10,000 naira credited to Emmanuel. Now, it's been credited, but it's with Larry. But it's your money. Emmanuel, will you say, oh, no. Pastor, please, give me the 10,000 naira. Pastor, I beg you, give me 10,000. Would that be your response? What would be your response? Where's Larry? And then you find the guy. And the guy is speaking English. Oh, boy, I beg. Go. I know the play. No. Thank you. Now, now. Like, am I making sense? And the guy said, I, I, I didn't bring it now. I didn't know that you would be asking today. I didn't bring it to church. Where's your house? Let's go. <laughs> Amen. The guy said, it's not at home. He's with one friend. Where's the friend? I, I mean, because, are you hungry at all? You've known it since yesterday. And somebody is saying that your 10,000 is with someone else. And that someone else is telling you a story. Are you listening to me? You will kala ba owonye lowos kama. Are you with me? Are you with me? You guys, okay, maybe like you've never been cheated before. Because that's cheating. When someone is trying to cheat you of something that belongs to you, you're trying to scam me, and I know. Ah, you won't go. Maybe because I, I'm an undo man, so the cheating is very, it's far from us. We don't like it. We fight for other people when they are about to be cheated. Satan is a cheat. God won't put your stuff in his hands. God has provided the stuff. Your ignorance will make him steal from you. But the day you discover that he's in charge of what belongs to you, what do you do? 
Who placed a demand by faith and get it from him? The Bible says in 1 John 5, 4, Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Someone says, oh, but pastor, in that scripture you quoted, Satan is not there. Listen to me, 1 Corinthians 4, 4. The Bible describes Satan as the God of this world. So when the Bible says in 1 John 5, 4, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, it over that whatsoever is born of God also overcometh Satan, the God of the world. Are you with me? This is the victory that overcometh Satan. This is the victory that destroys his hold upon your life, even your faith. That's why you've got to invest in your faith. So you can take what belongs to you. You place a demand. Now in the name of Jesus, Satan, get your dirty hands off of my health. Say with me, everybody. Say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, Get your dirty hands off of my health. Get your dirty hands off of my family. Get your dirty hands off of my mind. Say with me, my mind is my mind. I am not renting my mind to you. My mind is not available for suicide. My mind is not available for depression. Only three people came to church. What's wrong with you guys? Come on, open your mouth and say the word of God over your, mouth, your life. Are you too posh for the word of God? Some of you think, you know, it's by being gentlemanly. Uh, 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 pastor, we don't have to shout. You have to. Jesus cried. He prayed with strong crying and tears. Hebrews 5, 7. Put it on the screen. Let me show these people. Don't be lethargic. Don't be refrigerated. Don't be cold. Satan has no respect for, for Christians that are put together. All in, I'm just cute. Don't be cute. When young people do their confession, we're not playing. Confess like your life depends on it. When young people pray, pray like your life depends on it. When you eat the word of God, eat it like your life depends on it. Read this yourself. One, two, go. Who in the days of his flesh? When he had offered up what? Prayers and what? Supplications with quiet voice. How? Come on, come on, come on. Say it, say it, say it. Strong crying. Does that sound like, my mind is my mind. Uh, 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 my mind is alert. Satan, get out. Get out of here. You know what I'm saying? Does that sound like strong crying? This is Jesus. If you read the previous verses, you know. And you don't need to read to know. But if you read, for those of you doubting Thomases, it is Jesus. He offered up prayers and supplications. How? Come on, talk to me, George. Apart from the strong, in addition to the strong crying, and what? And tears. Unto him, yeah, that was able to save him from death. From perishing. And was heard in that he feared. If Jesus prayed this way, how are we supposed to pray? I can't, I can't afford to mess up my makeup this morning. Praying and cat walking. Praying and checking the time. Oh, Pastor, this prayer is getting too long. I see you after service. Love you, baby. Ah, oh, dear. Oh, why is he sending me a message on WhatsApp now? Limao. 
on WhatsApp. <laughs> I, I mean, I was guilty of that some time ago. I was praying. I was checking my phone. I actually replied somebody on WhatsApp, and God said, "Is this me you're talking to like that, Abi? If you're not Lumbazo Robin, God can speak your God can speak your native language to you. Any language that will get your attention, God will speak it to you. If it's ethic, it will speak it to you. Them for whatever language, God will speak to you. And if it's a door, it's organ, Abi. He will speak to you. He will speak to your language to get your attention." Pray with strong, Jesus prayed with strong crying and, and tears. How did he pray in the Garden of Gethsemane? Not just Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says, Oh, in the days of his flesh, as long as he was in the flesh, that was how he prayed every day. He prayed and others had him pray. Oh, he prayed because his father hears prayers. I know God answers prayers. I believe God answers prayers. I am sure, church, that God answers prayers. If you knew God answers prayers, you will be here every Monday, 3 to 5, to pray. I hope our sister doesn't mind. One of our sisters, she shared with me on Thursday after Bible study, she came to me and said, Pastor, you know, so what happened was, since last Sunday, she didn't sleep. She wasn't sleeping. And so, um, I think she told me after service last Sunday. And I said, okay, insomnia is not a nice thing. I've been there before. I've suffered from that thing. It's a wicked spirit. I'm not going to say go and come back. We have to deal with it right now. No matter how tired I was, we have to deal with it right now. So we prayed. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you, you're going to sleep tonight. You're going to sleep like a baby. You're going to sleep. And I like to say that. Sleep like a baby. Wake up like a giant. On our way home, she fell asleep. Someone who hadn't slept in seven days. On our way home. From church, she fell asleep. Monday afternoon, she came for prayer. <laughs> I was laughing at her. And we're praying. That's how, that's how we pray. Blessing here. She will take that corner. That's very good. Someone else will take another corner. Some people, I can't mention, them, they've run away. The sister was praying at the back. After a while, after a while, she leaned on the chair. I said, very good. I knew sleep was coming. So she began, I said, very good. <laughs> After a while, she sat on the chair, on the stack of chairs. I said, very good, you're balancing. After a while, she sat on the floor. And from the floor, psh, somebody wanted to, I said, don't wake up. Leave her, leave her, leave her. Slept very well. Then woke up and she continued praying. I said, very good. So she came Thursday after Bible study and said, Pastor, I slept like a baby. I said, oh, glory be to God. You are God's baby. Can I have an amen? amen? That's Jesus at work. God answers prayers. Those of you who are not praying and who are not coming for prayer, you're on your own, no? You're on your own. You are still depending at this age on the prayer of your parents. Your parents have their own issues. And can I tell you what? The same devils facing them are facing you. There are no youthful demons. We met all the demons in this world. All of them, they are older than our great-grandfather. Those are the wicked spirits we are dealing with. And every family has its own. So don't look at me. My son is a leg. Ah! Family pastor, I'm a deep gone. Family, they go deep. Are you with me? Are you with me, church? So say with me now. Are you ready now? Say, my mind is my mind. 
Jesus gave me my mind. Therefore, it is not available for renting to you, Mr. Satan. Mr. Defeated Devil. Get your dirty stuff out of my mind. Take your dirty hands, your filthy hands, off of my mind, off of my body, off of my family, off of my finances, off of my business. If your brother is in trouble, off of my brother, off of my sister, and you get out in the name of Jesus. Tell him to get out in the name of Jesus. How are you going to say get out? Yeah. When it comes to dealing with Satan, you need to shout. And we heard that also from Papa Paul Ginodu last year at Dunamis. It's not. That guy is not gentlemanly. He wants you sick every day. He wants your parents wasting their money in the hospital. He wants them, he wants their finances drained on paying bills. Wants you frustrated. Who's going to marry a sick person? If all your life you're on the sick bed. Who's going to come to say, I love you? Who? Not even the doctor's treating you. That's how you should hate sickness. James 1, 6 to 8. If any man lacks wisdom in verse 5, it says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally to all men and upbraideth not, and he will give it to him. Verse 6. Go to verse 6 now. But let him ask how? When you're praying for healing, ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Read everybody. One, two, go. Let's read. But let him ask. How, how should you ask? In faith. Nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea. And that is driven with the wind and tossed. Next verse. Verse 7. For let not that man think that it shall receive any shinbai from God. Shinbai. Is it that God will not give shishi? God will give more than shishi, but the man will not receive shinbai? There are two different things. That scripture does not say, for let not that man think that God will not give him anything. God has given us healing already, but it's another thing for us to receive it. It says, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything from God. I can give you something, but if you don't receive it, you won't enjoy it. So, I have given you my car. Wow! Pastor, your car? Wow! Thank you, sir. And you leave the church and you trek home. One year after, you come back. Pastor, but you said you've given me your, 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 your car. Yes, I have given you my car. You don't expect me to carry it on my head and hand it to you. The car is at home. It's in the garage. And I'm waiting on you for the day you will come and receive the keys and drive it home. Oh, I didn't know. One year trekking. I'm sorry that you didn't know. But I told you, I've given you my car. God has given you healing. Everything that has been achieved through Christ is already in the past. It's in the past tense. Isaiah looked into the future and prophesied, surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried all our sorrows. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are, we are, we are going to, we are healed in the future. Isaiah prophesied. 
Now, in the middle of that prophecy was the cross. Jesus came and fulfilled the prophecy. He was beaten. He was everything. He was killed. He was blah, blah, blah. He rose again and then went back to heaven. Now, that's the cross. And then in 1 Peter 2.22, Peter now took it and was referring to what Christ has done. What happened in the past. 1 Peter 2.22, um, 2.24 rather. Peter said, who in his own body bear, who, who his own self bear our sins in his own body. On the tree, on the tree, on the tree, in the past, on the tree, in the past. Are you with me church? Are you with me church? That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes you were, you were, were, were. Sounds like the past of our. You were healed. Isaiah said, you are healed. Peter said, you were. You were healed. And if you were healed, you are healed. Amen? We are not the sick looking for healing. We were healed. Satan is only trying to come and steal the healing. And we are not going to agree. No grief for Satan in 2024. And say no grief for anybody in 2024. It's Satan. No grief for Satan. You woke up with some swelling on your face. No grief for Satan. Don't rush and say, oh, it looks like I have a tumor. What? You don't have a tumor? Until you say so. Take charge of Take charge in the name of Jesus. I said take charge in the name of Jesus. The prophet Isaiah lifted up his eyes. And saw into the future and prophesied about the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Which would bring about the redemption of man. Part of that redemptive package would be healing and health. Jesus took our place in that substitutionary sacrifice. The punishment that was due us was meted out to him. And it was that punishment that brought us peace. That punishment brought us shalom. He was punished so that we might have peace. He took the pee that we might have the pee. He took the punishment that was due us so that we might take his peace. No wonder he said, peace I give unto you. My peace I live with you. Shalom. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. The word translated peace is not just tranquility. That word is wholeness. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. Including prosperity. We got all of that from Christ as he took our place. We were doomed through Adam. We were supposed to be punished. We were supposed to not have any future at all. But Jesus came and took our place. And gave us his own righteousness. Glory be to God. Because we are now made the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. So the punishment due us was given to him. And then he gave us his peace. As he hung on that cross, he didn't look like a man anymore. In that moment, all of the sins of the world came on him. Can you imagine that? All of the sins of the world, all of the sicknesses, all of the diseases, all of the iniquities, all of the transgressions, all of our unrighteousnesses, everything put together on one man. And he was beaten and he was battered. His body was broken. He, he shed, they shed blood from him in seven places from the crown of his head, first of all. 
They made a crown of thorns and, and drove it down, down his skull. And these thorns, the Jewish thorn, they, they, are, they, are, they are like metallic in nature, extremely strong and tremendously sharp. They, 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 they did some weaving together and, and made a crown of thorns. It was not a crown. It was thorns they converted into a crown. So every part of it beat into his skull. Blood flowed as the, the soldiers drove it down his head. Easter message. Everyday Christian message. Blood flowed. They pulled his beard. Jesus had beards as a Jewish, Jewish rabbi. They pulled his beard. If they ever pull your beards, you cry. With force, blood flowed. They smote him across the face in the, in the house of the high priest. Blood flowed. They beat him 39 stripes on his back. Blood flowed. They nailed his hand. Blood flowed. They nailed his legs. Blood flowed. After he had given up the ghost, a soldier came and said, why is this guy so handsome? And took a spear and drove it into his side. And blood and water gushed out. Seven places. By the time he hung on the cross, Isaiah 52 verse 14 says, he wasn't looking like a man anymore. His visage was so marred, his countenance was so distorted, was so distorted, he, he didn't look like a man anymore. As many as were astonished at thee, his visage was so marred, more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. Jesus wasn't looking. It's not that cute, fine Jesus you normally see in the calendar hanging on the cross. No, that picture is far from the reality. Give me NIV. NIV, quickly, media, God bless you. Am I doing a good job this morning? Are, are you getting something out of this service? I want you to see what Jesus went through to secure your healing. And so refuse to be sick one more day of your life. Jesus can pay all this price and one stupid Satan wants me to pay the price again. I ain't going to pay. I won't pay shishi. Can I have an Amen. Don't pamper that stupid headache anymore in your life. Your head is your head. God gave it to you to be sound, not to be aching. Read this, everybody. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being. Can you see that? Come on now. This, disfigured beyond that of any human being. And his form marred beyond human likeness. Jesus on the cross didn't look like a human being anymore. He was so distorted. Skin torn open. The Roman whip, the Roman soldier's whip, they, they loaded it with, with something sharper than razor. It, it had those tremendously sharp metals. They laced it in each of the whips. And they gave him one stripe. That one stripe will wrap itself around the naked body of Jesus. And the Roman soldier with full strength will pull it out. What do you think happened to his skin? Tore open. Blood flowed in 360 degree dimension. Everywhere. One stripe. As they laid it on him, tear. The thing rolled around his body. They pulled it. Blood everywhere. It was a bloody, bloody scene. The cross was a bloody, bloody cross. It's a bloody, bloody gospel we are called to preach. That's why it's not the gospel of money. It is the gospel of the souls of men. Money follows. Money shouldn't come first. Money follows. Are you with me? 
You can have all the money and go to hell, rot in hell. Go after Jesus. Money will come after you. The reason we want to dedicate some Sundays to it is because to teach you, give you Bible sense on how to make it, how to manage it, how to multiply it. How to be a blessing to yourself, to others, to your family, and to preach the gospel with what we have so that it doesn't become a monster in our lives. Any money you can't give to God will become a monster in your life. God, if I can, <laughs> if I won't serve you with it, then don't give it to me. It's a dangerous prayer. But I tell you, people that have a heart for God, there's nothing God cannot give them. Nothing. And at any age, God takes others 45 years to build. God can give you in four, four and a half months if your heart is sold out to him. And Solomon loved the Lord with all of his heart. First Kings, I believe, 3-3 three, three or so. Loved the Lord with all of his heart. God made him to prosper beyond any king in his generation. But when, several chapters after, when Solomon began to love strange women, things began to go haywire. Are you with me, church? Still on that Isaiah 54, 12. Give it to me in the NLT, New Living Translation. Isaiah 54, 12. Quickly, quickly. Are you with me, church? I'm wrapping up now. Hallelujah. Oh, did I say 54? I'm sorry. 52 is 52.14. Not 54.12. 52.14. God bless you. 52.14. Figures. Right. But many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured. He used the same word disfigured like NIV. He seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. Jesus on the cross didn't look like a man anymore. They had so battered him. They had beaten him. They had disfigured him. They had malhandled him. And it took all of the shame because of you and because of me. So we receive all of the healing. Amen. We are going to take communion in a moment. Take it with every ounce of faith in you. Don't do it like ever before. Don't do it religiously. Take it like this is the body and the blood of Jesus shed for me. Broken for me, shed for me. Come on, I receive. Have an amen. Give it to me in the Amplified Classic. Read everybody. For as many, for many, the servant of God became an object of horror. Many were astonished at him. His face and his whole appearance were marred more than any man's. And his form beyond that of the sons of men. But just as many were astonished at him. Yeah. Does it stop there? Well, let's take it up with the next one. So shall he startle and sprinkle many nations. And kings shall shut their mouths because of him. For that which has not been told them shall they see. And that which they have not heard shall they consider and understand. Can I have an amen to that? Let me wrap up this morning. This is the good news. The good news is that not only was that death prophesied. I wish I could take you through the journey of Isaiah, but I have to wrap up. It has been fulfilled. Amen? 
Somebody say, it has been fulfilled. Isaiah, I will repeat, put it in the future. Peter, put it in the past. 1 Peter 2.24. Jesus went to the cross as a lamb, led to the slaughter. But glory to God, he rose triumphant, crushing Satan on his head and defeating all hell, death and the grave. Colossians 2.15 says, having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show, a public show of them. Having spoiled principalities and powers, give it to me now in the KJV. KJV. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. What is it? In hell. Jesus went to hell and triumphed over Satan in his home. Satan didn't have home advantage. When you go to play a football match with another, another team in their locality, in their neighborhood, they have what is called home advantage. Are, are you with me, guys? Jesus went to hell, Satan's home, and defeated him at home. It's sad when they come to your street and they beat you in your street. Someone comes to your house and beats you up in your house. Beats you blue-black in your house. In your house. Not in his house. I understand if they beat you in their house... But, I mean, back in the day, growing up in Mokola, I would say, if they born you were Waka, pass my streets. Because on my streets, I'm not the only one to fight you. My, my guys are there. My, 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 my buddies, my, my goons, my, my G's, my homeboys. We used to call ourselves homeboys back in the day with baggy jeans. Say, homeboy, man, that's my homeboy. My homeboys, I, I can't fight you, but my homeboys are going to deal with you. They go pluck your tooth. And when you hear that, you never pass that street. Your mama sends you on an errand. You take the corner, go through another street. They say, why don't you go? So say, there's one dog there. There's no dog. You know those guys are going to beat you up. Home advantage. But guess what? Jesus went to the home of Satan and defeated Satan at home. You're not excited. <laughs> and he did it for you. Come on. So should Satan be defeating you in your dream? Oh, pastor, there's one goat that's always pursuing me in my dream. Pursue the goat now. Begin to pursue the goat in the name of Jesus. Amen. Kill it and make it into a soup and eat it. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Wow. It triumphed over Satan in hell and King Jesus took the keys of hell and of death, exercising dominion over them. Go to Revelation 1 from verse 12 and I'm going to stop at verse 18. Revelation 1. I'm going to read very quickly now. Revelation 1 from verse 12. Jesus went to hell, defeated Satan and all his hosts, and he took the keys of Satan's bedroom. Wow. What a disgrace to Mr. Satan. The guy doesn't like what I'm preaching this morning. He doesn't want you to ever hear it. He doesn't want you to know that he's been defeated. He doesn't want you to know that he doesn't have the keys of his bedroom anymore. Ha, ha, ha. He's homeless. That's why he's walking about to and fro the earth. His keys have been taken from him. Revelation 1.12, and I turned to see the voice. This was John the Beloved on the Isle of Patmos as Jesus was talking to him. King Jesus. Somebody say King Jesus. And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot. And girt about with the paps, with, with the pap, about the paps, with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool. I love that. As white as snow, my King Jesus. And his eyes were as a flame of fire. 
inoloju inonimu inolenu yagoyaju okunrin ogun don't mess with jesus don't mess with my king some, some people don't know him they scam other people in his name some people take advantage of other people in his name. When people come to you as a pastor, don't take advantage of them in the name of the Lord. They come to you because of the name of the Lord for help. The lady said she went to a pastor for counseling and for prayers. Pastor said, let's go inside the church. They went inside the church, kneeled down the altar. She knelt on the altar, godly bull, and she closed her eyes. Oh yeah, let's begin to pray. Pastor's hands found, found, his fingers found, found their way around her chest. Fondling her breast. Because they were housing demons. They don't know the Lord. And they will pay dearly for it. When we give you a lady to counsel, don't turn counsel into sex sessions. Don't turn follow up into taking advantage of people who are still trying to know the Lord. They are yet unstable, taking baby steps. Don't, don't let anybody go to hell on your account. Be the last man standing. What if you are the last person that they will ever trust in this life with the gospel? Then you mess up and they say, church is a scam. All pastors are scams. May you not bring reproach to the name of the Lord. Don't mess with Jesus. Though. It's not the same Jesus that came as a lamb and the sheep. They slapped him. He didn't talk. They pulled his beard. He didn't fight anybody. Even Peter cut off somebody's ear. He was still doing miracle. I don't understand this Jesus. In me, my bed is even more than me. The bed, the bare one ear. Jesus picked it up. What's bare? They cut it. Jesus picked it up and performed the miracle on his way, on his way to the cross. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's not that same form. It's the same Jesus, but not that same form. Is the one returning. He's returning as the lion of the tribe of Judah. And you know you don't mess with the lion. When John saw him, John the beloved was one of the disciples, I hope you know. He used to lean on the bosom, on the chest of Jesus. But when he saw him this time, this is the resurrected Jesus. This is King Jesus here. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow. Huh? And his eyes were as a flame of fire. Fire, yeah, yeah. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. Hello, 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 hello. Hi, 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 hi. Sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And you know the Bible, the word of God. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. You can't look at the sun in his strength. In the afternoon, go out of your house, lift up your eyes and focus on the sun. Let's see how many minutes you can sustain that gaze. His countenance was like that. And when I saw him, look at John, I fell at his feet as dead. He could the day go. Ah! The same John 
Jesus will be holding a meeting. John will leave everybody, sit beside Jesus, and lean on his bosom. And Jesus will continue teaching. The Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. And John will be there. Ah, my master. This man loves me. Yeah? Same John saw him. So when they tell you grace covers everything, you can fornicate. You can, no, we're not telling you to fornicate, but let me tell you, according to the epistles of Paul, those pastors, they don't know what they're saying. You know, they're mixing grace with law. You can do anything. God doesn't see you through the eyes of what you do anymore. Amen. It is not with the eyes of grace. The Bible in Hebrew says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the Almighty God. Because that God is also a consuming fire. That's why those pastors run from deliverance. They can't do it. They know what they do. Give them a demon to fight. Hey, no, no, no. You have been delivered. You don't need to be delivered. Don't, don't, go, don't go for deliverance again. You have, oh my God. You cast out a demon. I don't know. You have been delivered. I don't need to pray for you anymore. Because when they get to a place where legs cannot take form, SLBG. They will run. The demons will speak. Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? Always looking for somebody to sleep with. You. You. Come and see all kinds of drama in deliverance sessions. Someone like, excuse me, this one. You. You join deliverance ministry. If I was you, nonsense. All kinds of drama. They were delivering a lady some time ago in a meeting, in a learning. Reverend Emiko Amoshuka was there. So after a while, he left the meeting, he went to offer for another meeting. I mean, those are our fathers in the faith. A demon spoke from the lady. After Reverend Emiko Amoshuka had left, he said, tell that Emiko, I have a plan for him. When they know you in the realm of the spirit, it's because you are causing havoc in their realm. Not that you are adding to what they are doing. You think they don't see you? They are spirits. They are in the realm of the, they are all over the place. Demons jam everywhere, like angels jam everywhere. So you better know what you are doing. Because the day of examination will come, and it will come without timetable. A day will come, a child will have conversion in your house or on your street or in your school or where you work and you'll be the only Christian there and they will dump the baby in your hand. Oh yeah, say, you say you're born again, pray for this child. So I have to go and fast and pray. This kind go not out, but by fasting and prayer is a lie. In that scripture, Jesus was addressing unbelief that this kind of unbelief does not go out. Not this kind of demon. Come to Bible study, I'll teach you. Are you with me? Don't take God for a ride. Don't mess up with the grace of God. Don't do that. That is what is popular in our generation now. You can live anyhow. Oh, maybe when I just and then the glory will come down. May that glory not consume you. Eh? Go deep, go.
Jesus took the keys of hell and death. John said that when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. There's a difference between daddy and father. John had known daddy, daddy, daddy all the while, three and a half years in ministry. That day, he saw father. What's the difference? Oh, daddy, you jump on him, you hug him, you peck him. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, come on. You want chocolate? Yeah. You want pizza? Yeah. You want ice cream? Yeah. That's daddy. Father. He returns from work. He fills the television set. Who turned on this TV? And everybody in the house is shaking. Because you know the next line of action. And every parent should have both. Otherwise, your kids will either be spoiled or if you show them extreme side of, you know, being harsh, you, you will never be friends. They'll be terrified all their lives and that will affect their self-esteem. But you have both. There's a time. Yeah, my children know. As loving as I am, like a teddy bear. Oh, daddy, I was driving the other day from their school. Daddy, KFC! I slammed the brake. In Budija. I looked at my mirrors. Nobody was coming behind me. I put the gear in reverse. When reverse, when I pull up in front of KFC. We entered KFC, man. I said, what do you want? My son said, uh, chicken and chips. I said, how much chicken and chips? That's 6,000 plus. I said, okay. Daughter, what do you want? She said, burger, burger, man. They said, they have, we have chicken burger. I know those people, they welcome you very well. About 11,000. Hey. I said, this year, oh. And one girl, to make matters worse, one girl was greeting me from inside KFC. Hello, sir. I said, hello, how are you? The way she was greeting me, I knew that she must have been somebody that must have met me before. She must know that knew me. She said, church. I said, oh, church. She said, yes, the stone church, precisely, expression. I said, hey, Chineke, I cannot say I'm not buying again. <laughs> I made the order. Give them a card, like a good daddy. Boom! They said, daddy, can we have it? I said, yeah, you can have it. You're in your father's car. Put the AC on. We cruise to church. They were having it. I was hungry. They were having it. I tell you the balance on that account that day. You could not have four pair of hands on. But that is not the case every time. <laughs> that is not the case. There are times that if you ever touch my iPad again, you will see. So I'm sorry, sir. Sorry for yourself. Father. That's what John saw. I fell at his feet as At that stage, an ordinary touch on him will make him shudder. <laughs> then Jesus said to him, what did he say? And this is where I'm going. He said, and he laid his right hand upon me, singing unto me, fear not. I am the first and the last. Verse 18, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Come on, church. Jesus has the keys of hell. And of death. He took the keys of hell and of death from Satan, exercising dominion over him and over them. The keys of hell and of death are not used, are not meant to be used against us. 
It's like your daddy having a gun. If your dad has a gun at home, is licensed to have a gun. Is the gun against you or for you? Come and talk to me, church. If you're a good child, even if you're not very good, <laughs> is it for you or against you? It's for you. It's for your protection. It's against any intruder. Any body wale, Hoshanosi, it took care. It's not to say, oh, man, you didn't wash the plates. Where's my gun? <laughs> no, nobody wants to live with that kind of, kind of, that's not a good father. You didn't wash the plate. Next time, when you come to this life, you learn to wash plates. Oh, yeah, stretch out your leg. Krekeke. Ah, daddy, wash plates. <laughs> Unless that daddy is possessed by demons, you know. But every time you're cleaning the house, you, you open the drawer and you see the gun there and you know it's loaded. You don't, you don't play with it. You know, this is for our family safety. Am I right about that? Am, am I right about that? Jesus has taken the keys of hell and of death. Is he going to use the keys against you? No, no way. In fact, in Matthew 26, Matthew 28, 16 to 20, he gives you authority over all powers. And he tells you to go into all the world, making disciples of all nations. And he says, behold, I am with you every time. I am with you always. Is he with you now? So now in him, we have dominion over everything. His death, burial, resurrection, and ascension covered, covered everything. Everything that we'll all need. But we've got to be intentional about working in that dominion mentality. You have dominion, but be conscious of your dominion mentality. Walk in it. When the next time you see a sickness on your body, curse it. Curse it. Tell your neighbor, say, curse it. Don't pamper it. Curse it. Curse it now. Curse it now. Tell your neighbor, say, curse it now. In the name of Jesus. Have a lump in the breast. Curse it. A growth in your tummy. Curse it. Pain in the back. Curse it. Let me tell you three areas covered by Jesus' sacrifice. No time to preach anymore. One, spiritual death caused by sin and early physical death. Covered. Covered by Jesus. Number two. Sickness and disease. And I have scriptures for you. Write these scriptures down. For spiritual death caused by sin and early physical death. Early physical death. People dying in their, in their 20s. Someone died at 19 of leukemia. That's from Satan. A two-year-old baby died some time ago of leukemia. Leukemia is blood cancer. What has she done? They said, don't smoke. Don't drink. Don't do this. Has she smoked? I'm not advocating smoking. Don't smoke, oh. Because that's a tendency to destroy your lungs. Romans 6, 8 to 9. Colossians 1, 12 to 14. Genesis 6, 3. Deuteronomy 34, 7. Deuteronomy 34, 7 tells us about Moses. Put that on the screen for me, please. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eyes were not dim. Neither was his natural force abated. Deuteronomy 34 and verse 7. Moses was 120 years old when he died. That's why the Jewish people till today, when they greet one another, they say, may you, shalom, may you live 120 years like Moses. Shake hands with somebody and say, shalom, may you live up to 120 years like Moses. Shake another person and say, shalom, may you live up to 120 years like Moses. Look for a third person and say the same thing. 
Get up on your feet and give somebody a hug and say, Shalom! Give them a warm hug. Let it be warm. May you live up to 120 like Moses. We can claim it because Jesus paid for it. Sickness and disease. John 3.16, Acts 10.38, Galatians 3.13-14. Poverty and debt. Debt, D-E-B-T, B-C. In the mighty name of Jesus, no member of this church will have any cause to borrow money online again. Those people disgrace people. In fact, you will not have any cause to borrow anymore. You will be a lender. One person came to church. You will lend to nations. You will lend to people. You will borrow from none. You will borrow from none. You will lend to them. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he added no sorrows to it. Can I have the communion materials?